Welcome back to another episode of Blessed Is She That Believe. We're in season three, episode four, and I titled this episode, Fight the Good Fight. We're going to jump into it, but first let's go to the Lord with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you right now for your presence, Father God, on this podcast, Lord Jesus. I pray right now that your authority goes forth, Lord, like a two-edged sword, Father God, when your word is being spoken. Father God, let it pierce to the very marrow, Father God, cutting asunder, Lord, everything that is not of you. Father God, I thank you right now, Lord, that through your righteousness and your sovereignty, Father, People who do not know you will find you, Father God. Lord, use your vessels, Lord. Use each and every person who proclaims your son as their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father God, use us, Lord, to be your salt. Lord, use us to be the light to shine forth, Lord. Shine forth the light of Jesus into the dark and hidden places. Lord Jesus, I ask right now that you just come over and just have your way, Lord. Let your word go forth, Lord. Use your servant right now in the mighty name of Jesus to speak your word, Lord. Lord, let your word hit every target. Let it hit every mark, Father God. Let it bring conviction, Lord Jesus, so we may it may spur us to, to the excellency of Christ so we can fight this good fight of faith. Mm. Help us to stay the course, Father God. Let us not get weary in well-doing, knowing that we shall reap if we faint not. Because we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. So I thank you right now, Father God. Thank you for each and every ear, each and every heart listening right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Whew. Hmm. I hope y'all are doing well. I hope y'all had a great week. My hair is soaked. We had a really, really crazy storm that popped up out of nowhere. And, you know, your girl was trying to get her dog washed. Took her in the store and it was storming. And... I'm like, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. No, it's clearly not. Y'all, I have locks. So my hair is soaked. And I don't have a blow dryer at my house. Because my um, loctician does my hair for me. And I just got it done yesterday. I mean, the great thing about locks is it doesn't matter. They get wet or whatever like that. So it's not like my hair is going to get puffy. But actually, my hair does get puffy with locks. My hair gets very puffy. <laughs> it does what it wants but it's the fact that I just got my hair done yesterday and I always try to make sure no moisture gets to it because it starts getting puffy and yep <laughs> yep <laughs> so anyway y'all didn't come on here to hear me talk about my hair and how wet it is um <laughs> this week oh man this week at, at work, y'all know I'm a school teacher. So, um, I had a student, I had to do a come to Jesus meeting with her. <laughs> I love like, I listen, I love my students. I love my students. I don't care. Even the, the students who others would consider like bad or behavior problems. I, those are my favorite, like give them to me. I love them. 
<laughs> you know, they may drive me up the wall, but I, I mean, they're, they're sweet. Like when you break through that ice, when you break through that wall, you break that wall down. They're babies, you know, like they're, they're all babies. <laughs> they're just giant babies who eat more food. Um, well, here's the thing. She came in the classroom one day. We were getting ready to take a test. Now, she had already been in the hall gallivanting and socializing with little friends. She came in the classroom, started socializing in there. Bell rings. I'm closing the door, getting ready to start the test, passing out the test or whatever. She asked me, can she go to the bathroom? <laughs> At that point, I'm like, you know what? Bye. Just just go ahead. Go ahead and go. So when she left, I went ahead and started. I told him, hey, y'all don't. Because, you know, it's fourth block. And fourth block, all the classes have the same amount of time. But that fourth block, I don't know what it is. It goes by so fast. So I already told them this. We had a conversation about how fast fourth block goes. And that I need them to be in place so we can go ahead and get started. Well, she went, okay, fine, bye. Because we've been in school for a month now. You know my rules, you know my expectations, and yeah. So she came back in. They had been, you know, they had already started on the test. So she's mad. She came in with an attitude with me. I'm like, I don't have an attitude with you. I don't know what's going on. You know, teenage girls, listen, I had a classroom full of teenage boys like from the football team one semester and y'all almost quit my job i said i know not i know y'all lying i almost quit my job <laughs> that was who that was a memorable year a memorable semester that i don't want to repeat anymore um i feel like that happened they were trying to break me in or something anyway um i would rather deal with teenage boys than teenage girls and I, I I've heard people say that and I didn't understand why I'm like no girls are no 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 if you are a parent on this podcast listening you understand if you have teenage daughter you listen because I don't know what it is because I'm like was I that bad like was my attitude like up and down like that it's crazy so she came in, she got an attitude because she think I got an attitude with her. And I'm like, I don't have an attitude with you. I'm trying to get y'all started on this test. Like you, you took that as I have an attitude with you because apparently there's nobody else in the room, but you in your mind, I don't know what was going on. So she comes in, gets the test, looks it over, puts her head down, I guess. Cause she's still mad at me. So she just, and then she just wasted like 45 minutes. Like it's a 90 minute block. She wasted 45 minutes. And so she finally started working. I don't know if she finished the test or not. Listen, I hadn't looked at those tests. I'm like, that is a, I have 140 paragraphs to read. Okay. I'm not rushing it at all. Um, so she, so the next day I called out of class, um, out of her morning class. And I told her, I said, don't you ever, ever again do what you did yesterday in my classroom. I said, you have, I said, let me tell you something. You don't 
don't have time to waste like that in my class. You have, I said, you thought I had an attitude. And I said, you don't even have to tell me, but I know you thought I had an attitude with you. So to get back at me, you wasted 45 minutes of your time taking the test to, because you were mad at me and you were trying to prove a point to me. And the ironic thing about that is about two years ago, I had the same situation happen with, an, with a female student. She got mad at me because I had to get on her behind. Like, you know, and so she put her head down and went and worked. So she got zeros and I had to have the same conversation with her. And that's what I told this young lady. I said, I had the same conversation with a student who's getting ready to graduate now. Which, by the way, side note, that student, she um, she took a sign language course last semester and sent me a video telling me how much I like she appreciates me being hard on her because it made her tougher and, and it pushed her to do better for herself. Y'all... <laughs> Don't tell me these kids, don't tell me anything about how these kids want to be left alone. And No, don't leave them alone. You get in there behind and you tell them you have to, that's tough love. And people may no gentle parent. Let me tell you something. I'm not a parent, but gentle parenting is not going to work on all kids. Every child needs to be disciplined, but not every child needs them holy hands. Some children, you can talk to them. Some children, you have to take the door off the hinges, okay? It's it's like you have to know your children, but you only know your children through a relationship. So, boom. I build relationships with my students by getting to know who they are. Where do y'all work? Oh, you work over there? Okay, so I need to come over there. And I, you know what? I actually show up. I show up to those jobs. I show up to the games. I show up. And when they see me showing up, that builds trust. You have to show up for these kids' see. A lot of people want to push out the kids and just let them raise themselves. How? How are you going to let a child raise themselves? Anyway, that's not what I got on here for, but I have a point with my story. So anyway, I had two other students like a year ago. They thought the test was too hard, so they refused to take it. Well, that's because they were playing in my class the whole time, not paying attention. So when it came time to take the test, they didn't want to take the test. They would rather take an F. I said, but you may actually pass the test. So they, I had to basically reverse psychology them into taking the test. And they took it and passed it. Surprisingly to themselves, they passed it. And it's like, you would rather take an F. You would rather, you would rather get an F, a zero, and not because you you already have it in your mind you're going to fail. This student here, you would rather get an F on the test because you're mad at me and you're trying to prove a point to me. So you just going to waste time? I Let me tell y'all, it, but you know what? We're no different in our walk with Christ. Well, things, and I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to be completely, <laughs> I mean, I've always, I'm, I'm honest on this podcast. I just want y'all to know, but that's just a saying, I'm going to be completely honest. Seriously though. I remember, I remember one time the Lord 
y'all, the Holy Spirit was so heavy in our church. I can't remember how long ago this was. Not that the Holy Spirit isn't heavy in our church every Sunday. I'm just remembering this instant because it was something out of the ordinary for me. Um, I was doing, I, I'm, I'm going to say this. At that point in time in my life, I think this was my late 20s. I was back and forth a lot on the fence with my walk with Christ because I'm like, I still want to play. I want to still play, but I knew I couldn't, I knew the time was winding down on my playtime as far, you know what I'm saying? Like I knew I couldn't keep going out there, but it's like, maybe if I keep doing this, I'll get these results. And the Lord is like, what is wrong with you? Like, no, no, no. Well, I'm going to tell you what happened. I think this was my late twenties. I'm I'm going to say it was my late twenties or like, uh, and when I say late twenties, I mean like twenty seven or twenty eight, twenty nine, somewhere around that, maybe thirty. Holy Spirit was moving heavy at church, um, and they had an altar call. Like I I don't even know if we got to the to the word at that point in time. I think this happened right after praise and worship. We just went right into the altar call. And people were getting prayed for. People were on the floor. You know, like, just Holy Spirit moving. And I heard... I'm in the sound booth now. Like, I told y'all, I'm sound booth person. Like, I'm in the back, you know, but I can see everything. And I'm hearing the Lord, like... And I knew it was the Holy Spirit. I knew it was the Holy Spirit. I'm hearing the Holy Spirit saying, go pray for this person. Because I knew this person outside of church. So, like, go pray for this person, whatever, here. And I'm like, that's not what I do. I don't pray for people. I don't pray for people. <laughs> like, I mean, I pray for people, but how you ask, how you telling me to go pray for them? That's not what I, <laughs> and I'm like, but you know what? But you know what? I'm going to listen because I know this is the Holy Spirit talking to me. Because I, when the Holy Spirit talks to me, it's like I catch on fire on the inside. Like I start sweating because I'm so hot on the inside when the Holy Spirit moves on me and when he's speaking to me. I get, I burn up. Okay. You hear me? When the Lord said he's a consuming fire. Yes, he is. Cause it's hot. So, um, I mean, my ear was, my ear was hot. It was like, he was standing right next to me, whispering in my ear and it was on fire. So I went and I started praying for the person. I'm putting my hand on top. Like I'm a pastor. Like, when everything was said and done, you know what I did? I went right back out there and started sinning. Cause I said, I can't have the Lord use me like this. And I was like, and this, this, the crazy part. I knew if I sinned, the Lord would not use me like that. You see how, do you hear how crazy that sounds? I did not want, cause that's not what I do. That's not how I'm supposed. I just stay up there in the sound booth and I don't do anything like y'all. When I think about that and how dumb and stupid I was, how you, and so, like I said, that was my late twenties. I'm in my late thirties now. So that's good. About 10, eight to 10 years ago. And all of the stuff I had to go through to get to where I am now with my relationship with the Lord and I think sometimes like 
What if I would have just kept going instead of giving up? What if I would have just kept going? It's something different. It's something out of my comfort zone. But what if I would have just kept going with that? Who's to say the Lord might have just done that for that one Sunday? You know, that that one time. He might not have required me to do it. But I got so scared because it took me out of my comfort zone. How many of us have messed up? purposely messed ourselves up so the Lord wouldn't use us. Wow. Mm. I'm going to tell you this. I don't care how much you... Let me tell you something. If the... If the Lord has... If you are chosen and the Lord has set you apart, there's nothing that you can do. I'm going to let you know. Now, you might, you might cut yourself short on things. Like you might cut your life a little bit short, depending on what it is that you're doing. But I just want you to know, if the Lord has chosen you, because the Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. The Lord has chosen you and he set you apart to do something for him. Y'all, you you can't run, Jonah. (laughs) You cannot run. And I'm going to tell you this. A lot of people may dispute this or whatever. This is just how, this is how I saw it when I read it. Jonah, see, this is not even, oh man, every single time. I'm going to say this. And like I said, I am not a theologian. I am not a Bible scholar. I just read. And being that I'm an English teacher, I read and I'm reading, you know, I I read stuff more than one time and I catch things because in Jonah chapter one, you know, God told Jonah to go to Nineveh and he refused. He went and I'm not going to get into all of that, but he's on a ship. He's, he's trying to go to Tarshish and the Lord sent a storm. So basically it looked like everybody on the ship was going to die. Jonah is on the ship sleep. That's a whole different subject matter. But this is what caught my attention. They cast lots to find out who was going to go overboard or whatever. And, or, you know, whatever it is. So Jonah said, look, y'all, it's me. It's me. And they said unto him, tell us we pray. Like, why? Why did you cause this evil to fall upon us? What's your occupation? Whence comest thou? What is thy country? This is in verse eight. And of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I'm a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said unto him, why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he told him, he told them. Then said they unto him in verse 11 of chapter one, what shall we do unto thee that the sea may be calm unto us for the sea wrought and was tempestuous. Verse 12. And he said unto them, take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake, this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land, but they could not for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not upon us innocent blood. For thou 
O Lord has done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. But verse 17 says, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days. Not a whale, it was a fish. So the reason why I went through all of that, I kind of this is how I this is how I took it. I'm not saying, I mean, Jonah was, Jonah was a prophet. Okay. So the Lord could have actually told him, you need to tell him to throw, I don't know. It doesn't go into that. He could have been following the, the instructions of the Lord. But for me, just reading this passage of scripture, reading this biblical account of what happened to Jonah, I can't help but feel like Jonah was trying to get them to kill him. So he wouldn't have to go to Nineveh. Like he would rather die than to go to Nineveh. And because my thing is this. The Lord literally had to prepare a fish to swallow him to get him to where he wanted him to go. You can't tell me because listen, if Jonah had relinquished control and said, you know what, Lord, whatever your will is, I'll do it. I'm just going to go. Cause I, I don't put these people in harm's way. I just let them get me. Just, just have the storm stop so they can, they can take me to tar to, um, to Nineveh, take me back and I'll go to Nineveh. I honestly believe if Jonah would have said that the Lord would have, the Lord would have saw his heart. I believe he, if he would have been honest enough and would have been sincere that the Lord would have been like, okay, I believe the Lord would have stopped the storm and allowed them to take Jonah back. I do believe that because <laughs> if the fish wasn't there, Jonah would have drowned. Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. He did not want to do it. He was trying to find every reason possible not to go. Even if that meant losing his life. And guess what God did? Had a fish waiting right there for him. I bet Jonah, as he was going over, was like, well, I got out of this. And I'm not committing suicide because they threw me over. They literally threw me over. So I didn't do it. Do you see how, do you see how we can be, we can be so disobedient, so we rather die than follow directions. We rather give up everything than to follow directions. You gotta fight the good fight. This is who that I ain't even that wasn't even a scripture. I was gonna listen. But do you see it makes sense? Like in my mind, because I'm like, okay, Jonathan took a boat and he sleep on the boat. None of that stuff is bothering him because he all he do you when you think you got out of got out of doing something when you forget that you y'all ever forget to wash the dishes when your mama told you to wash the dishes that's some good sleep ain't it <laughs> that's some good sleep I don't care if it was a nap or you was in for the night that's some good sleep ain't it until she wake you up oh how she wakes you up is the thing. Mm, mm, mm. I don't hear stories from people. Sometimes their mama dump buckets of water on them or 
flip the light on, have have a switch, something. Oh, y'all don't y'all don't talk about switches. Okay. My bad. That's old school. But I just feel like Jonah was trying to get them to get rid of him physically, literally, not metaphorically, just so he wouldn't have to be obedient. I don't think Jonah knew that fish was down there. I feel like if Jonah knew that was going to happen, he would have just went ahead and went to Nineveh. Like, I'm not even going to waste my time doing all this. Let me just go ahead and go. Jonah really thought he escaped from doing it. I thought I had escaped from doing... <laughs> I thought I had escaped from doing that. From I don't know why the Lord had me praying over that person. I, I don't know why he... I don't know why he did that. I don't know why he uses me in some ways. Like, I, I don't know. I just... At this point, I'm like, look, I ain't trying... I'm not trying to fight God. I'm not trying to fight God because I'm going to lose. I spent the good part of the middle part of my adulthood fighting God and I lost every single time. I thought I won, but I was really losing. The Bible tells us, if we listen, if we're going to fight, we're going to fight the good fight of faith. Don't just fight the fight. Fight the good fight of faith. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Verse 12, well, actually, I'm starting to act like my pastor now. He tells us the scripture. He said, no, 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 go back, go back to uh, <laughs> 1 Timothy chapter 6. Let's go to verse 11 first. Paul says, but thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Good, verse 12, lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. And has professed a good profession before many witnesses. In the NLT version, it says, um, but you, Timothy, are a man of God. So run from all these evil things, pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. Who are the witnesses? It's the people you post the scriptures to on Facebook. Yup. <laughs> and you do your little reels, you know, talking about the Lord. But are you fighting a good fight of faith? It's sad when you talk about Jesus a lot and you profess that you know him and that you walk with him, that you're a Christ follower, but you won't fight a good fight of faith. It That's sad. How you gonna incur, how you gonna try and win souls for Jesus, but you won't fight. You throw your sword down anytime trouble come. Anytime things don't go your way, you throwing your sword down. You mad. Just like my students. You mad, so you just going to put your head down on the desk and refuse to work. That's, who is that hurting? <laughs> it's only hurting you. Just like I told my students, I said, that doesn't hurt me. My name is not on the roster. I'm not getting a grade for this class because I already passed the class. I've already passed this class. So who are you hurting? You're going to be the one that's going to fail the class and you won't walk across the stage with your classmates if you keep this foolishness up. Who are you hurting? You're only hurting yourself because let me tell you one thing God is not going to allow us to do is fail. If he doesn't fail, he's not going to allow his children to fail. So instead of failing the class, you know what's going to happen? He's going to put you back in the class until you pass it. So if you think, oh, well, 
God can't use me if I don't if I'm not obedient. Okay, play that game if you want to. <laughs> Take it from somebody who tried to play that game. You're gonna lose. You're gonna lose. <laughs> You're gonna lose. You're gonna lose the game. Because it's not a game out here in these spiritual streets. It's not. Because guess what? In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, the Bible says in verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons, in verse 4, of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bring it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Verse six, and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Jesus. Mm. And then NLT says for verse six, and after you have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. Fully obedient. Not doing half of what the Lord tells you to do. And then, okay, I'm going to do what I want to do over here. No, fully obedient. That's how you fight this good fight of faith. You have to walk it out. Not like DJ Unk and William Murphy. I, I had to on that one. I didn't know I was going to listen. No, you have to walk your faith out. You have to walk your faith out according to the word of God, not according to what other people are telling you to do, not according to how you feel that day. What does the Bible say? What did Jesus say? Remember those, what would Jesus do bracelets? We need to bring those back. Somebody need to like bring them back, bring them back. We don't war against the flesh. We don't fight like the world fights. We fight by studying our word. You do realize that this Bible, this word that we have is a weapon. The Bible, the word of God is the, is the sword of the spirit. There's so many references to the sword coming out of the Lord's mouth with fire. Okay. The, it, let me, let me find the scripture because we just, we study in the Bible. Because, let's see. And, okay. Hebrews 4 and 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. <sighs> It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's a sword and it's sharper than just your, your regular two-edged sword. This is not the model regular two-edged sword. This is, this is sharper than the two-edged sword. It is. It's sharper than that. I got to read the NLT because I know if that was King James, I know the NLT is going to be lit. So let me get the NLT pulled up real quick because I got to read that again there. That was good. says for the word of God is alive and powerful it is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit between joint and marrow it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires mm. 
Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. The word of God exposes. See, we get mad at the pastors and, and the true the true prophets, the true prophets, the true men and women of God, when they speak the word of God, because I'm like, oh, you all in my business. No, that's the that's the guy. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It's not the see what it, what what the second Corinthians say in chapter 10. For we wrestle not against wait. Nope, that's not it. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, <laughs> but mighty through God. I mean, the other scripture, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and rulers of darkness and rulers of darkness and, and, and um, spiritual wickedness in high places. So, yeah, it's not the flesh that you're seeing. It's the word of God. It's the Holy Spirit convicting, not condemning. Condemnation comes from the enemy. Conviction comes from God. And the reason why it's conviction is because he wants us to turn away from our sin. Even when you think you have arrived, you think, oh, well, I made it. No, you still got some. Because every, every dog on time, it's like peeling back layers from an onion. Just when you think you have gotten better, you realize Dog, I still need work. Yes, until the day you leave this earth. Yes, that it is work. That's why we got to keep fighting the good fight of faith. We can't give up. We are not of those who draw back. That's what... We are not of those who draw back. These scriptures, they just, they just keep coming to me yeah hebrews 10 and 39 but we are not of them who draw back unto perdition but of them that believe to the saving of the soul we don't turn around that's why when the bible tells us about the full armor of god put on the full armor of god we got a helmet of salvation shield of faith sword of the spirit which is the word of god um we have our feet covered with the gospel of peace we have our loins girt about with truth breastplate of righteousness we have a robe of righteousness and we put on the lord jesus christ and guess what goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life so they got us on the rear but as far as armor goes we don't have any armor to protect us because we're not meant to retreat we're supposed to only go forward not backward only forward forward motion so why you keep giving up because things get hard pull your sword of the spirit out and go to work slicing and dicing the enemy because the bible tells me in luke chapter 10 verse 19 that all power jesus said all power has been given unto me and then he tells us that he told the disciples he said i give all power to you to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. He gave us all the power. Y'all, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And we sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
If we sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that means we're above the principalities and the powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world and the spiritual wickedness in high places because Christ is above all of that. But we got to sit in him. We're sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We got to sit in Christ. We can't be moving about. No, you sit in him. See, that's the thing. We don't want to sit. Bible says, be still and know that I am God. We don't like to be still. He makes me lie down in green pastures. We don't want to lie down. We don't want to rest. We don't want to do that. We want to keep moving and going. Why? <laughs> Why? Here's the thing too. He already won. He already won a victory. If you go into the fight knowing that you already had the victory, I mean, yeah, you're going to get hit. You might lose that job, but you don't see how God is, is, is pulling, getting, getting a promotion ready for you on the other side of that. You just got to go through that. Yeah. You might've got that diagnosis, but you don't know how the Lord is going to use you while you're getting the chemo treatments to speak life into the other people who are in there to encourage them. He might have you go through this trial through this fire. So that way that fire can be ignited in you. So you can start speaking life, not only into your situation, but into the lives of others. You might be an encouragement for people who are watching you go through that hard, hard thing. You don't know how the Lord is going to use you. Just like when I did, I told y'all about my birthday party, how I didn't want to have it. But when I, I'm so glad I did, because the things people said, I didn't know people were watching me like that. People are watching us just like the um, scripture we started with. First Timothy and six. He says that in verse 12, you have also you um, lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. You have been professing Christ. What did you think was going to happen? You thought. Oh, you just, you on retirement plan? You know, your retirement plan doesn't start until you close your eyes over here and open them over there. We're at a constant battle. We may have some breaks where it's peace and we just, we just cooling, but trust and believe it's something coming up too. You're either going into a storm in the storm or coming out of a storm. That's the cycle of the life of a believer. You're going into a storm. You're in the storm or you're coming out of a storm. That's the cycle. Okay. So during that transition of going, coming out of one and going into another one, you, you have a little break right there. Enjoy it, but don't get lazy. Be vigilant, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary. The devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Fight the good fight. Don't get lazy and don't get scared. Stop being scared. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a love, power, and a sound mind. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? If God be for you, who or what can be against you? When you are walking with Christ, when you're obedient to his will for your life, you already have the victory because he causes us to triumph. Christ causes us to triumph. We are victorious already. We're more than conquerors. You are more than a conqueror. 
you, you right now who, who's listening, you who's listening in Boston or Baltimore or Philly or, 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 uh, Wilkes, Wilkes bar or Brunswick, Georgia or Darien, Georgia, or in Miami, those of you who are listening in, in Belgium, you are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. That's the kind of power that, that resides in you. That's the kind of power that lives in you. Pick your sword up and go to work. Fight this good fight. Stop giving up. Stop giving place to the devil. You know you shouldn't be going to the club. Stay out of there. Stay out of there. You know you shouldn't be around those people. Stay out of there. Stop smoking that. Put that down. Put the drink down. Leave that man alone. Leave that woman alone. Quit cheating. Quit lying. You are more than a conqueror. Stop blaming your past on where you are in your present. Go to therapy. Go to the cross first. Go to therapy and work. Faith without works is dead. You praying and believing for stuff. But then when something hard comes up, you want to sit there and go, oh, well, it ain't going to happen. Da, 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 da. Nobody has time for this back and forth when Jesus is getting ready to crack the sky. You got to be consistent, be unmovable, unshakable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Get it to like y'all. And I'm talking to myself too. We have got to get it together because there is coming a time where we, we listen. You better be standing on business, standing 10 toes down. Because if you're not, if there's any cracks in your foundation, you're going to get swept away. Trust and believe because the Bible is not a lie. It is the whole truth and nothing but the truth. You better make sure your foundation is solid. And make sure your election is sure. Your anchor better be Jesus Christ. Because a day is coming where he is the only one that you can hang on to. You're not going to be able to hang on to your mama, your daddy, your brother, sister. Nobody but Jesus in this word. That's it. You better learn you some scriptures. Because one day they're going to take the Bibles from us. One day you're not going to have a Bible. You better have a scripture that you can go to. You better write it down on the table of your heart. I'm telling you. And this, y'all, that wasn't on my script to, re to say. There is a day coming in the United States of America where you will not be able to have your Bible. You will not be able to read it. You better have the word written on the, on the table of your heart. You better meditate on the word day and night. You better get it together. And I'm talking to myself too. It is time out for being lazy with our walk. It is time out. We fight the good fight of faith. We lay hold on eternal life. We run this race. We listen. It's for Christ I live and for Christ I die at this point. That's it. Nothing else. If I never get anything I prayed for, I'm still trusting Jesus because guess what? He has done more for me. <laughs> the Lord has done more for me in my short time here on earth that I, I just, 
I'm overwhelmed still. Still. Stuff he's done 10 years ago, I'm still trying to, like, Lord, you really did that. Like, I don't, so whatever he wants to give me, whatever, wherever he tells me to go, that's what's, that's what's going on. I'm not questioning the doggone thing no more. I, it don't even, my overthinking self, I'm like, whatever. I, you can have them thoughts, but we, we going to continue to walk. We're going to continue to do this because the Lord told me to move. That's how you got to be. You have to be so resolute knowing that his will is going to be done. His will supersedes our will. His way supersedes our way. Because there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. We have to go his way because he's the only way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No other man, you can't go through any other, you can't go through anybody else to get to the Father but through Jesus. I don't care what they say. I don't care what other religion says it is many ways to God. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's not true. And you can say, I'm being harsh, I'm being super critical, I'm being judgmental, I'm being closed-minded, whatever. I, I really don't care. I, I don't care. I don't, I don't know you anyway, so what is, I don't care what you got to say about me. I don't care. I know what the Bible says. John 14 and 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is the door. He said if anybody goes a different way instead of going through the door, they're a thief and a robber. Mm. You have to go through Jesus. I don't understand. You say you believe in God. Okay, if you believe in God... Why you can't believe in his son? That's crazy to me. You believe in God, but won't believe in Jesus is crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Because if you have that much faith to not believe in Jesus, like, do you understand how that sounds? You are willing to believe God is, is in existence, but you can't believe, you know, you want to know why? Because you're trying to do this in your own strength. You're trying to trust and, and figure things out in your own strength. You can't do it because his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. There is no way you're going to figure it out. So you're going to outthink yourself out of heaven. That's what's going to happen to a lot of people. Because, see, we get so smart, just like with the COVID thing. Yep, going to talk about it. <laughs> with COVID any other time all these other years they tell us to get a vaccine we go get a vaccine now all of a sudden because we got Google in the internet everybody is a doctor and a scientist I didn't know y'all all went to Harvard Medical School or Yale Medical School y'all went and got those kind of degrees Uncle Bubba you like from, from like a place that's not even listed on the map and you talking about their vaccines are, are this and this. Really? But Uncle Bubba, you got that. Here, and here's the crazy part. Everybody who was arguing and, and man and saying they were getting a vaccine had vaccines since they were six months old. Three months old, actually. Because you had to get those vaccines as a child. So everybody who was arguing and talking about they weren't getting a vaccine, but you, you're vaccinated. You've been vaccinated since you were three months old. So that was crazy to me. I, I don't understand. 
Oh, it's the marketer. Let me tell y'all something. Do you really think the marketer beast would have been in the vaccine? Some of y'all out there believe that. And I'm just going to tell you now. Um, here's the thing. <laughs> uh, no, no. And you don't have to agree with me. You don't. That's fine. I, I don't care. Like I said, I don't care. This, this isn't even scripted right now at this point. No. <laughs> Think about everything that God has done in his word. See, that's the, and that's the other thing y'all read. We, and when I say y'all, I'm talking about all of us as a collective. That's just my Southern coming out. Okay. Y'all we read the Bible, but we're not believing that it's true. We're not believing that the, the things in the Bible really happen because my thing is, if you really trusted God, you would be okay with getting a vaccine. And this is not a push to get vaccinated. I'm just saying, because how is it a whole worldwide pandemic? And I know that's like redundant. I said it the same thing twice, but whatever. How is it the whole world is going through the same thing at the same time, but you feel like it's a lie? You can't trust the doctors now. Okay, so if you broke your leg, who you gonna you gonna fix that? That was my question during the whole thing, but during this whole debacle, I I just didn't understand like how y'all. Don't trust the doctors when it comes to vaccines. But if you literally got in a car accident and stuff or you broke your leg, how, so you're not going to go to the hospital? You're not going to go get that fixed? Because they're going to give you shots and give you some morphine, take that pain away. They're going to do a lot of, they're going to put needles in you. So you're okay with those needles, but you don't want that needle. All right, because it, it, it makes so much sense. Like, I just, I, and you know what? The whole thing was a distraction. People got so distracted with the vaccinator, the vaccinated and the non-vaccinated. Everybody forgot the word of God. Everybody forgot to trust in the Lord. I mean, you had, pastors in their pulpits preaching against vaccines or preaching for vaccines like how did we forget the god of the universe in this and people are literally people were literally dying without the vaccine saying it was a lie that was the last thing on their lips before they left the earth they didn't believe COVID was real either and they literally would die saying it wasn't real literally saying it, that was the last words they would say it's not real but you're dead now and i'm not trying to be insensitive or anything like i'm i'm so serious like what has happened to us what what world are we living in when we don't even trust people who god gave that knowledge to god gave that knowledge to those doctors and nurses and medical people he allowed them to go to school for years and study and develop medicine. He gave those scientists their brains. He does. 
if we can believe that God has 20, Jeremiah 29, 11 does, if we can believe that he knows the thoughts that he thinks towards us, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give us an expected end, to bring us to an expected end, why can't we trust that he put those minds, those medical minds into those doctors and, and scientists and stuff like that? Where's your faith? I'm not saying you trust in a man or a woman. No, that's not what I'm saying. But you trust in the, the one who created them. And you pray and you say, Lord, you have your will, your way. You have your will. Let your will be done. Where was the prayer during that time? See, I brought all of that stuff up because it was the very people who were proclaiming that they knew Jesus who were doing the most backlashed comments on everything, actually building up the hysteria for COVID. It was the people who were in the pulpits. It was the people who go to church who were building up the hype and hysteria. How do you think the world looks at us? They look at us like we're crazy. If they were going to look at us like we're crazy, let it be because we believe in Jesus. And he uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Let it be for that reason, not because we're arguing on whether we need to get vaccinated or not, having debates on Facebook. Who does that? Y'all make me want to cry. Like, it made no sense. I felt like I was in the twilight zone. I really, I was like, what is happening? When I tell y'all, it was, and you could, if you came to my church and asked my pastor, we had a leadership meeting. I think it was in 2019. I think it was in 2019. We had a leadership meeting and I said at a meeting, I said, you know, pastor, I feel like it's a shift coming. I'm not a prophet. I'm not even going to say that anymore because whatever the Lord be speaking to me and I say stuff. So I'm not even going to say I'm not a prophet anymore. I'm, I'm not. I don't know what I am. I just, I'm a vessel used by God. There we go. There we go. I'm a vessel used by God. But I said, I feel it's a shift coming and we got to be ready with a shift come. Y'all 2020 boom. Was there ever, <laughs> it was definitely a shift. Definitely. And it wasn't just a shift to home. It was a shift in the church, in the body of Christ. We saw how people really felt. That's why we got to fight this good fight of faith. Because we need his discernment. We need his, we need his presence in our lives. Because the people we thought were walking with us were never really with us at all. You know, like, I mean, my goodness. We really found out, didn't we? Yeah, we did. That's why you got to make your election sure. Where do you stand? Choose ye this day whom you are going to serve. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. Choose ye this day whom you're going to serve. Not gonna, but whom ye will serve. You know, I threw my Southern in there. Sorry. But y'all, that's that's a wrap for tonight because I don't went on a whole tangent about COVID and vaccines. Lord Jesus, I, I, Lord, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'll I be praying. Listen, I told y'all I pray before I get on 
and I'm like Lord have your way you you speak to me through you speak through me and say what and he he surely does because that had that was not even a thought in my mind okay but seriously y'all we we gotta we can't keep getting distracted it's like there's this Greek mythology story. I took Latin for three years, and my um, I love my Latin teacher. Shouts out to Megistra Metz. Um, we took. She will always tell us these stories in um out of the Edith, Edith Hamilton um, mythology book. One of them is my all time favorite story at Atalanta. Okay, Atalanta. She was the fastest runner in the world, and very beautiful. Every man wanted to marry her. So she had a contest and she said, okay, well, I'll race you, but here's the thing. If you win, you you can marry, I'll marry you. If you lose, I'm gonna cut your head off, put it on the state, you know, whatever. And that's what happened. So the whole track was filled with, you know, the heads of people who tried, you know, the men who raced her. I know it's got a point. Well, there was this one man, I can't remember his name, but he went to Athena. He prayed to the goddess Athena, which I know this is like so contradictory right now, but I promise it has a point. And he said, look, I need, I need to know what to do. Cause I, I want to marry her. She's beautiful. She's, you know, she's a, she's a runner. She's a track star, you know, whatever. Anyway, she, she, you know, she's awesome. So Athena's like, okay, you're going to have to go to the Garden of Hesperides and get the golden apples. The Garden of Hesperides, it was like hidden away. And the only person who knew where it was, was Atlas. So to wrap, to make this story, long story short, he had, he, Atlas is the dude who holds the whole world on his shoulders. So Atlas said, yeah, hold the world for a couple of minutes I'll go get him so he went and got him and Atlas act like he didn't want his job back so the the man who wanted to marry Atalanta he act like he was getting ready to sneeze and drop the world so Atlas threw the apples at him and um he caught the world so that's how he got out of that but anyway Athena told him once he got the apples she said you know what you're going to do is at key points of the race, you're going to throw an apple out because he only had three apples. So you're going to throw the apple out and it's going to distract her. And sure enough, they started race. She, Atalanta took off running and she's ahead of him. So he threw the apple out ahead of her and it was gold. That was the thing. These, these were golden apples. So it was gold and she ran after the apple. She got distracted. That's how we are. Y'all do realize that, right? That's how we are. We're at Atlanta. We're running. We're running this race. And then we get distracted. And we run off trying to chase the distraction. We supposed to be running on the track. Why are we getting off the track trying to chase the distraction? That happens. You want to know why? The enemy is coming to steal, kill, or destroy. Or and destroy, excuse me, not or. Steal, kill, and destroy. He steals our vision. He steals our focus. He steals our focus to kill our purpose, which ultimately leads to our destruction. Mm, mm, that's good. I'm having to make that a Facebook post. He steals our focus to kill our purpose to ultimately lead to our destruction. 
Wow, that's really good. Y'all don't understand. Like, I'm literally about to make that Facebook post. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's what the enemy does. He throws those golden apples while we're running. And we're we're running. We we doing what we're supposed to do in, in the Lord. We're running. We're doing. But I think a lot of times we get so focused on the fact that we're doing the work of the Lord that we don't see those distractions. We get tunnel vision. So we're not paying attention to our surroundings. We're not paying attention to what's going on over here. What's going on over here. Yeah, we got to do the work of the Lord, but we also have to make sure that we're paying attention to our surroundings too. This week, let's make sure we pay attention to our surroundings. Let's make sure that we are on high alert and that we're vigilant. We're sober. We're vigilant. We're not allowing anything to get into our mind that's going to pull our focus off of what Christ has for us to do in these end times. Because I'm telling you, it is not a game. It is not a game. Whew, that was so heavy. Mm. Yep, <laughs> it was heavy, but it needed to be said, apparently. So I hope y'all have a great week and continue to fight the good fight of faith. Do not be weary in well-doing, for you shall reap if you faint not. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you are struggling with I know it is hard listen I know it's hard but you got to keep fighting you got to push yourself I'm here to encourage you to keep going keep pushing okay keep pursuing the Lord when you feel the weight of your situation when you feel like you can't that's when you need to cling to Jesus even more you may need to start walking your house at midnight just start walking your house at midnight and, and calling out to the Lord get up at three o'clock in the morning and call out to the Lord and speak his name and speak his word over every situation in your life in, in the situations that are are causing you stress and speak the word of God just get up and speak the word of God because sometimes those trials and tribulations come to to encourage us to to continue to to press. Maybe you we've gotten lazy in in what we were doing. Maybe we got too complacent, and this storm that's in our lives is coming to stir us up. We got to stir up the gift. Okay, you can do it. You can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. I hope y'all have a great week. Shouts out to everybody who's listening all over the world. Thank you so much for rocking with me. I love y'all. I pray that the Lord uses you in a mighty way this week. I hope y'all have a great day at work or whenever you are going to work, whatever. I hope whatever situation you're in that you stay focused, you stay vigilant, you stay sober, you pay attention and you fight the good fight of faith. Love y'all. Bye. Thank you.